You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in. All right, so we're week eight of our discipleship series called My Part, God's Part, Their Part. And we start off this series and we talk about why is this called my part, God's part, their part? Because oftentimes we want to do everybody's part. I want to do my part. I want to do God's part. I want to do their part. If I could just, if I could just control all of it, this would work so well, right? No, not really. God's really good at doing his part and God's the only one that could do his part. I should probably stop pretending and so we want to clearly understand what my part is and, and what is God doing. And oftentimes God's doing things in the background. We talked about sowing and reaping and how oftentimes there's this long period of sowing. God says his word will not return void, but it's after a long season. It, it, it's, God's not a microwave God. I'm finding more and more in life. His timing is typically later than mine. It's never late. It's just different than mine. And so we talked about that. We talked about sharing our lives. Before we start sharing our faith, we're not going to be the people with the, uh, with the bullhorn, you know, picketing and throwing tracks at people. Like, that's not really our style. Our style is we get to know you. We, we get to know your story. We're in the right to be able to speak into your life. We care about you as a person. And that's where we start. And then we start sharing God's word. And then we share our story, which is the most powerful thing that we have to share is our our own experiences with God. Because that's hard to argue against, right? I was there. You weren't. You could tell me I'm wrong, but I know what I saw. And it's just an invitation. I extend an invitation to you. And then we talked about the power of community, how community, godly community leads us towards being becoming like Christ and that we need to connect people to God himself. Like ultimately, it's not just the community that we're inviting him into, but godly community looks different because people are actively seeking God's presence and, and showing people how to do that. I thought Logan did a great job of communicating that last week. And so the question becomes, what, is that it? Are we done? Is that, is that what we need to do? Like we invite people to church and to our care group and we call it good? Or is there something else? Well, I think there's some, some other things that we have in our tool belt that will help us grow in Christ. And I want to start off with a story that Kirsten Hands has shared a number of times in our care group. Um, it's a story that has impacted Kirsten by the, just the sheer number of times that she's shared this story. I've heard this story probably three times in our care group in the couple of years we've been here. And it's a story about her pastor down in uh, Costa Mesa, uh, Chuck Smith. You may have know. You may know who. Chuck Smith was, uh, he's since passed, but he founded Calvary Chapel and the Jesus People's Movement in the late 60s and early 70s. 
And when Kirsten moved to Missoula back in 97, who was born after 97? Raise your hand. All right. Way back in the dark ages, for some of you, um, the, his church was, was a church of 55,000 people. 55,000 people, that's a, that's a number. Yet, he, though he led a big church, what we call, we'd probably use the term mega church, right? Though he led a mega church, I don't know if he would call it that, he lived in a modest middle-class house. He drove a simple car. There was nothing flashy about him. But the thing that impressed Kirsten the most is one day she's at the church and she notices that he is cleaning the elementary school bathroom because the janitor wasn't available. Pastor 55,000 people cleaning the bathroom. Now, that's not going to make front page news, but it should. Typically, when we hear about mega church pastors, it's not for things like cleaning the bathroom, right? But this, this is a sign of spiritual maturity. Jesus says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Even as a son of man came to be served and not to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, this was a common theme for Jesus, a common conversation between Jesus and his disciples. The first will be last. If you want to be greatest, you have to be the least. If you want to lead well, serve well. This is a distinctive of the church. Well, this should be a distinctive of the church. It should be a distinctive of the church. When the highest person within the organization is willing to take on the task of what we could probably call the lowest position within the organization, when the person of the highest position is willing to do the work of the lowest position so that everyone else can just continue doing the work because Chuck Smith, I guarantee you, had plenty of people to choose from. And I don't think he gave it a second thought. He was not above washing feet. I guess uh, when they moved from the tent into a building, he washed the feet of the people that came in. He was displaying what it means to be spiritually mature to his people. Guys, we're in a discipleship series and spiritual maturity is our goal. A spiritual maturity that shows itself in serving other people. Now, Paul 
The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, he likened spiritual growth to physical growth. Let's take a look at this. He says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, physical people, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food. He says, I couldn't, I couldn't feed you filet mignon. That's, that's for Rob, not for you. Can I get an amen? I need, we don't give babies, we don't give infants meat. We give them milk. We have to, and so we have to recognize that spiritually, we all start out as infants. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Now, why would they act only in a human way? Because that, that's what their experience told them, right? I, every time I read the scriptures, every time I read the words of Jesus, I'm going, man, that is not what I grew up with. That's not, that's not what my friends tell me that I should value. That's not even what my parents told me at the time to value. They came to value something different late in their life as they came to Christ and as they grew and matured in Christ. But it's not what I grew up with. And so they're, they're living out what they, what they know. And Paul's saying, I want you to know something different. They did not know how to operate as spiritual people. We all start out as spiritual infants. You bring in a hundred-year-old man today. He comes to Christ today. He's going to be a spiritual infant today. Could be successful, emotionally intelligent, a heck of a nice guy. He's going to be a spiritual infant. I'm not putting him on our elder board. Even though he has 100 years of life experience, he has one day of Christ experience, and that's not enough. He's going to need spiritual milk, not spiritual meat. There's a process for people to physically grow, and we know that we can't give a two-year-old something that we could give a 10-year-old. We could give 10-year-olds a lot of tasks. We don't give two-year-olds any task or just barely any task, like help Help me, help me pick up the toys. No, I meant the toys. No, over here, the toys. I got it. Never mind, right? The 10-year-old, you can be like, pick up the toys. And if they don't, you take away Halloween or something fun like that. So, yeah, that's the military in me. Come on, kids. I had, to, I had to learn from my wife how to be a little more gentle than that. Um, there's a maturing process for physical beings. There's a maturing process for spiritual beings. And those of us who have been Christ followers longer that have grown up in the faith, we have to help the new people come to Christ grow spiritually. Otherwise, they're left as infants. And that's dangerous. It's dangerous because we know that you can't just 
birth a child and walk away, right? We can't just birth a child and walk away. Like, we know that's dangerous. We, we call that child abuse. We'd call CPS. But in the church world, we'll do that all the time. We got to be a different kind of church. We have to understand that there's spiritual realities. We need to grow up and help others to grow up. And talking about people as if they're spiritual limp is not saying that they are less than. Who deserves our protection the most? Is it the infant or is it Rob? You guys would protect that infant, right? Over protecting Rob? Like you give more consideration protecting that infant. Some mom, young mom comes in here with an infant. You ladies are going to go like, boom. Right? You're going to rush to her. If she's stressed out, you're going to make sure that she and baby are okay. They're not less valuable. Saying that someone needs to grow up spiritually is not saying that they're less valuable within the kingdom. We're talking about needs. We're only having this conversation so we could go, don't give them meat, give them milk. Give them the right kinds of things to help them grow. Don't give them too much responsibility. You don't take a spiritually immature person just because they're a bank president. You don't put them on the board for the church because they won't be able to handle that responsibility. Maybe some of the problems you've seen within churches in your lifetime is because you've watched someone put in the wrong position because they were not spiritually mature. And we need to guard against that for their sake and for the body's sake. I talk about this all the time. We don't give the middle schoolers the keys to the bus. Who knows where they'll go? They don't get to drive the bus. They get to sit down, have fun, but in a respectful way. World according to Rob. We see spiritual immaturity play out in the early church. In Acts chapter 6. It says, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So there's strife and division within the early church. This is always possible. This is always possible because you have some mature people and you have some immature people. And we have to just, we have to guard against this. Now the 12, meaning the apostles, summon the full number of the disciples. So we're, we're talking about Jesus followers. All these people are Jesus followers. Some have a Hellenistic worldview. They, they've bought, bought into the Greek worldview. Maybe they speak Greek. The others were, were Jewish. They were Hebrews. They, they uh, lived more closely to the Hebraic way of thinking. And they said to them, it is not good that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. They're not saying we're not willing that we're unable. 
I'm sure Peter served many tables after this moment. He says, therefore, brothers, you pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of, and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. And so there's strife, there's division. There's the same kinds of problems that, that the Apostle Paul's addressing in Corinthians, where one person says, well, I'm of Paul. Another person says, I'm of Apollos. I'm Hebrew. Well, I'm Hellenistic. And they're dividing on this. Probably, probably no application for this week at all as we go to the polls, right? People are dividing over leadership styles, leadership thought. But the disciples, the apostles, they flipped the script. The Hellenists said, feed me. And the disciples said, you feed them. They equipped them. They enabled them to do ministry. It's kind of a callback to the time when Jesus was with his disciples and there's 5,000 people and they're hungry and they've been out there for days and the disciples come to Jesus and said, hey, send them away so they could feed themselves. Jesus says, no, you feed them. Not because the disciples didn't care. It's not like they didn't care about the, the Hellenists. But they knew that mature people create space for the less mature to serve. Within the church, the mature create space for the less mature to serve alongside them. It's part of the call of discipleship. It's part of the call to the church. This gives people ownership. This is why we have Kyle on footnotes. Kyle has more ownership when he's part of our part of our uh, team discussing and talking about the conversations that we had in sermon. It's a way for us to continue invest in Kyle. Logan is over and over and over again saying, Kyle, follow me. Follow me. Goes to his care group. They've started another care group. Kyle's being mentored to lead that group. He's joining us in footnotes. He's going to life transform. There's all these different opportunities for Kyle to grow in his faith and for Logan to invest in him. And so gives Kyle ownership. It helps meet new needs. And together, we share the load. So uh, there's a reality. We all need to grow up spiritually. Anybody think that they're done growing spiritually? Does anybody want to be brave and raise their hand for that one? Good. Apostle Paul says this, not that I have already obtained this, in other words, spiritual maturity, or that I'm already perfect. We're going to talk about that word 
here in a minute. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, I need to grow spiritually. I'm still growing spiritually. God's not done with me. I don't look like Jesus in all the ways of my life. There's still some things that I'm lacking. He says, let those of us who are mature think this way. Now that word mature is connected to that word perfect. I said we would talk about, so we'll talk about both perfect and maturity. And if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained, brothers. Join in imitating me. Logan has been telling that to Kyle. I don't know if he's actually used those words, but in a sense, he's been saying, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So, Apostle Paul shows some transparency when he talks about his own spiritual maturity. He says, I am not fully mature, but I'm striving forward. I'm pressing on. I'm reaching out, reaching towards it. And while striving forward to spiritual maturity, he's inviting others to join him in that endeavor. Logan mentioned this week when we talked about this in Sermon Club. Logan has a relationship with a pastor here in town that you could call a discipleship relationship where Logan is actively pursuing his own spiritual maturity. He is pressing on. He is striving forward. But Logan is also inviting others in that process. And that's, and that's the same for me. Those of us who lead, we, we don't lead because we're already fully mature. We lead because this is what we are called to do. And we invite others in the process. I actually gain a ton through leading you. I, there's, there's things that God exposes to me as a leader, as I call you to journey with me. I have to mature because otherwise I'm going, hey guys, here's a standard. I'm going there. Will you go there with me? We move towards spiritual maturity as we engage in serving. Probably one of the best pictures for me is, is the karate kid. Right? Danny goes to Mr. Miyagi. Will you teach me how to do karate? Yes, Danny son. How? How will I learn karate? Wax on. Wax off. Paint the fence. Paint the fence. Did Danny think that he was learning karate? No. No. Was Danny happy with the wax on, wax off? No. Not even a little bit. But then there's that moment 
where Miyagi brings it all together. And he's like, whoa. That's all I know. That's all the karate. I, that in the word. I know the word and a few other. Um, so we move forward towards spiritual maturity as we engage in serving. Serving, as we engage in serving, God has uniquely designed that environment as a way of continuing to grow us up. You show me a person that comes to church faithfully for 30 years, but they never plug into community. Their growth will be capped. They will only grow so much spiritually. You show me someone that comes to church, they jump into community, they go to some Bible studies, but they're not serving for nothing. They're going to come in and they're going to go out. They're going to be consumers, always, always, always consuming church, always showing up and then leaving. Their spiritual maturity will be capped. They will only grow so much. And then we move towards spiritual maturity even further when we equip others to serve. I don't know if uh, Netflix has a series called Cobra Kai. It's like, it's 30 years later, but it's the same storyline, same actors. You got Danny and you got Johnny still combating each other and their kids are involved and it's, it's quite the mess. Uh, first two seasons were fantastic. Um, you have to put up with some swearing, but it's, it's a, uh, it's fun. Um, you see some growth in their lives. Danny starts his own. What's this? What's that? Studio. Studio. Yeah. So he um, he starts training people in karate, and he uses the same method. So wax on, wax off, paint the fence. Are they happy that they are? doing waxing and painting and all sanding and all that kind of stuff. They were just as happy as Danny was 30 years ago. Not very, not very happy. Guess who else has to grow through this process? It's not just the kids. It's Danny. Danny has to grow. He has to learn new skills. He has to figure out new things. He wishes Mr. Miyagi was still around to answer some questions. He wished he still had a teacher. We grow even more when we lead others to serve, when we equip others to serve. Now, I said we talked about these two words, to be perfect and to be mature. Right, so Apostle Paul uses these two words. The first word in the Greek is teleu. That's kind of fun to say. To bring an end, to complete, to perfect. That's the word for perfect. The other word for mature is teleos. Having reached its end, having been complete, to be perfect. They both share a root this word tell, this Greek word tell, it's the word that we get telescope. So picture one of those telescopes that 
stretches out. He says, I'm striving forward. It's a unfolding or extending out one stage at a time to function at full strength, full capacity. This is what this word means. It's not talking about perfection like without error. It means fully extended out, fully living out your own capacity. So our goal then is to live fully, functionally like Christ. We are to look more and more like Christ every day. I look more like Christ today than I did 10 years ago. That's really good news for the whole population. 10 years ago, I needed a ton of growth. I anticipate, I intend to look different 10 years from now than I do today. To live fully functionally like Christ in a few areas, in our design. I'm designed different than Kyle. I'm designed different than Logan. I'm not designed to play guitar or lead music. Apparently I'm atonal. I sound amazing in the shower though, so don't. That's not my design. If my thought of of spiritual maturity is that I'm going to be up here doing what Logan does, I'm missing the boat. That's not my design. You don't have to live out like Christ, like Rob, or like Logan, or like Kyle. As redemptive as that may be. And so we need to live fully functionally like Christ within our design, but also through our gifting of the Holy Spirit, which is a game changer. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit, he's not going to make me sing beautifully. I don't think. I wish he would. That'd be amazing. But sometimes the Holy Spirit comes in and equips us for something new that no one anticipated. And it's such, such a change that people are like, oh, wow, God, de- God did something here. I didn't expect that out of that person. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Still within our design, Rob's not going to sing beautifully until heaven, and maybe not even then. Who knows? But I can take on new levels of responsibility as the Holy Spirit enables me. Paul says that each of us is to mature, and each of us will mature even further as we equip others to mature. And so we keep talking about my part, God's part, their part. Let's take a look at that. My part. I am to actively invest in others until we all are mature in Christ. God's part. He is our designer. He gives gifts of service through his spirit. I can't do any of that. I didn't design you, and I can't equip you through the Holy Spirit. Not my job. Their part, follow the example of those investing in them. 
I can't make someone follow me. It's not my job. Maybe it's not the right time for them to follow me. I can't decide that. That's God's decision, not mine. I can't be God in their life. I can't be the Holy Spirit. I'm not the one to convict them when, when they aren't living up to whatever expectation I might have. Like We get out of balance when we try to do God's part or we try to do their part. But my part is to actively invest in others until we are all mature in Christ. That means I recognize that I'm not as mature as I will be. And when I create opportunity for you to serve, you're going to grow mature in Christ too. Now, there's a number, there's a couple of next steps I want to talk through. Um, your next step may be to explore service opportunities inside and outside the church. That might be your next step. Within the church, there's a number of things that we do. And, and I, I'll say this, during COVID, we're not doing some of these things because we are faced with the pandemic. It's serious. The numbers within Missoula County are way higher than than we're really comfortable with. And so we've dialed back some of the things that we do as a church. So I want you to think beyond COVID about where you may land and what you may do. But we have our worship team, our tech team, hospitality that's, that's greeting. Uh, typically we do coffee, but we're not serving anything that's not prepackaged. Uh, that's why we have the amazing communion that we have right now. Um, there's some administrative tasks that, that we have, uh, Ridge kids at some point we need to create space for young families to come into our, our worship team, creative arts facilities, leading a small group. These are all things that, um, we would call first serve opportunities, and then they're serving outside the church. And, and these are just some of the opportunities. There's more than this. I know some of you choose to serve already. And I love what you're doing. Um, Childbridge, CareNav, 4th D Club, Lifecard Group, Generosity Feeds. There's just a ton of opportunities to serve within and outside the church. If you're going to choose to serve, you may be thinking, well, how do I know what the right thing for me to do is? Like, what if I get into an area of serving and I just don't even like it? Am I stuck there? No. The first place you serve probably won't be your last place. And we don't make you sign a lifelong commitment. In fact, if God calls you to something else, we're going to let you move on to that something else because it's about your relationship with Christ that matters. And so serving is just, is just a way of helping you to continue to grow, to have ownership of what God is doing here, to live out your design, to explore your spiritual gifting. And so 
I would say that just find a place to serve and just get started if you've never done it before. Now, as I look across the room, most of us are serving one place or another, honestly. Uh, and I knew that when, when I was preparing the sermon. So the second step is probably your step. Wherever you are serving, look for opportunities to invite others to serve with you. Jim Bartlett equated this to the game Monkey in a Barrel. You guys remember the, the game Monkey in a Barrel? Where you got the monkeys, they, they lock arms and you pull them out. You may be the, the lead monkey in whatever area you're serving, you may be the last monkey in whatever area you're serving. But they're designed with this idea of one can connect to another. And I want us to be that kind of a church. I want Gordon to feel free to invite someone to join him in working on the tech team. Hey, join me for Tuesdays. We do worship practice. I'll, I'll teach you the ropes. Hey, join me on Sundays. Hey, come to my care group. It's extending the same invitation that Jesus extended to his disciples, which is follow me. If in every area of service, we have people inviting other people to serve, other people to take ownership, other people to explore their spiritual giftings, we're going to be a church that grows people up it grows people up. We're going to become a church that looks more and more like Christ every day. We all have a part to play. We have this upward call in Christ. Our goal here is to be spiritually mature. And we all have growth areas. And the tool, like, like Mr. Miyagi and Karate Kid, like Danny and Cobra Kai, the tool for training, for maturing, for growing up is this process of learning to serve. The first becoming last. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church forward slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the flip side.